0: Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty.
1: Hey, Victory Church, we are so excited that you are here today. We welcome you, whether you've been coming here for one week uh, or a thousand weeks, wherever you're at, welcome home. We're so glad that you're joining us. Edmund Campus, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, those of you watching online, it's, it's such a pr- pleasure to be with you. Uh, here at Victory Church, we live life to the full, and we want to take one step closer to Christ every single week that we gather. So we're, we're honored that you're here. If you would, would, if you would turn in your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah. We're going to go to the book of Isaiah in chapter 33. And as you turn there, uh, we have been in this series. We started it last weekend. It's called Uncommon Kingdom. And what does that mean? It means that we're Christians. Most of us, many of us are are Christians. But what does that mean in in a world and in a nation that sees the eroding of our values and the eroding of what we believe? What does it mean to be a Christian? If you ever go to Austin, Texas, You will see bumper stickers, you will see signs that say keep Austin weird, keep Austin weird. What we're saying in this series is we need to keep Christianity uncommon. There are things about what we do and how we live and the values that we carry that will go against culture, that will go against the things of this world and what we have been learning for a long time at Victory Church and what we're gonna look at during this this series and this season is what does it mean to be uncommon? And this constant reminder to us. And so I pray that this this message ministers to you, but I pray this season does as well. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. We talked about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And we learned last week that there is truth, that we cannot fabricate it, we can't make it up, we can't have our own truth. There is foundational truth all through the Gospels that we live by We're gonna continue this conversation as we go on in this series. Isaiah chapter 33, verse five through six, this is what it says. This is the word of the Lord to us today. It says, the Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with his justice and righteousness. Now, listen to this promise in verse six. Verse six says, he will be the sure foundation. Last week, we learned that a foundation is truth. Saying he will be the sure truth. He will be the sure foundation For your times, for these times that we're living in. And then when you find this footing, when you find this truth, there's something in store for us. He says that He is, that Lord becomes, He is a rich store of three things salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. Now, just for a quick second, let's just pause in this verse. We're going to finish this verse in just a moment, but let's pause to think about what those three things are. In life, if you had salvation, if you were saved, if you had eternity in place, your, your, your future was sealed through salvation. If you had all wisdom, imagine if you had all wisdom and knowledge, okay? If you had all of these things, God's saying, I will give you this rich abundance if you make me your foundation. And then I want to, I want to go on in this verse, verse six, let's read it all in its totality. It says, he will be the sure foundation for, for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And please, please, please receive this truth today. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Today I wanna talk to you about this subject. I wanna talk to you about the fear of the Lord. I wanna talk to you about what it means to fear the Lord. I wanna, chances are you've never heard a sermon on this. I think I have gone decades without hearing sermons on this. Why is that? Maybe it's because we don't have a full understanding or, or, or a grasp of what this means. We think, what does this mean? I'm supposed to be afraid of the Lord. I'm, I'm supposed to be terrified of the Lord. I want us to understand this today and lean into this. I think it's, it's very uncommon for us to talk about this in the body of Christ and, and perhaps the fact that the church has failed, the, the global church possibly has failed in talking about what the fear of the Lord is, and it might be that without the fear of the Lord, mankind is left to create his or her own truths. And I want to lean into this today. I know this is a, a touchy one. This is, a, this is one that I pray you're leaning into, and I'm praying that God would give me the grace to communicate this in a, in a really healthy way today. So I want you to hear this, the fear of the Lord is a key that unlocks the door to a treasure, Okay, so we're in this series, this season of Uncommon Kingdom, and I'm going to talk about today the fear of the Lord. I'm going to come back next week. Don't miss next week because I'm going to do a part two to this. And what we're going to talk about is the title of my message today. Today's message is entitled, You Have Every Reason to Fear. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you, God, for who you are. We thank you that you are in this room today, God, and may you use scripture, may you use The truth, the foundations of your scripture to teach us a principle today that we are not to be afraid of you. You are not a mean God that's coming to beat us up, but there is a reverent fear of the Lord that we are called to carry. God, help us unpack these truths in scripture today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So, what does this mean? What does it look like to be a Christian? And again, am I supposed to be afraid? of the Lord? Am I, am I supposed to be terrified of him? Like I would be terrified of the boogeyman or I would be terrified of taxes or whatever it is. I want us today to look at this in a really healthy way and see that there is a really, really healthy form of the fear of the Lord. And look at all the treasures that come out of it. The, 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 the scriptures say in Isaiah 33, that the fear of the Lord is a key so what we need to do as Christians is craft this key, cut this key, and realize that this key, this secret, this mystery, we could, we could call it, is a key that will unlock things, unlock treasures for us in, in God's kingdom. So some of us, uh, myself included, pretty good at being afraid, you know? We can be afraid of a lot of things. Some of us are afraid of, of losing our jobs. We can be afraid of the safety of ourselves or our kids. We have a lot of fear fear is is really running rampant. It creates worry. It creates anxiety. But one thing is that sometimes we we fail to fear. Sometimes we fail the very things that we should not fear. uh, And we we fear the things that we should not fear. And we we fail to fear the things that we, we should fear. So what if we fear the things of this world so much because we fear the Lord so little? Now, I want us to really understand and begin to grasp what I'm saying when we use the word fear, okay? So let's go back. You know we love to do this here at Victory Church. Let's go back to the core. Let's go back to the foundational scripture, the Hebrew text in the book of Isaiah. Let's go to Hebrew and see what the word fear is. The word fear in Hebrew is the Hebrew word yirah, and it is translated to mean respect, revered, or reverence, okay? This is what I would call a healthy fear of the Lord. It is to respect, it is to revere, and it brings with it reverence. Chances are, if, if you're a Christian uh, with us today, you were raised in a home that leaned one way or the other. Uh, maybe you were raised in a home or grew up in a cultural of a church or a society where it was all grace, 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 that you could do no wrong. And we, when you do wrong, everything's okay and God's there and you can just fail over and over again and it's going to be okay, and we can, we can erode that way too much. Pastor Brady Boyd, uh, a good friend of mine, he calls, he calls this kind of faith, Jesus is my boyfriend faith, that no matter what I do, he's there for me, he's there to serve me, he's there. I'll love you, Jesus, as long as you love me and give me what I need. This is uh, what I would call all grace. Maybe some of you grew up uh, where it's all performance, Many of us grew up in a church or in a family or in a culture where it was all about performance, that I had to perform, that it was a religious spirit, that God will strike me down if I don't. And so then I begin to lead this, I try in my best to lead a perfect life. And obviously we fail over and over and over again. Just just by a quick show of hands, okay? Everybody at the Edmond campus, OKC campus, if you grew up in a culture or a church or a family where it was all grace, 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 raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, now put your hand down. If you're here today and you grew up in more of a culture or a home or a church where it was all about performance, all about performance, raise your hand, raise your hand. Raise your hand, raise your hand, awesome. So chances are you probably grew up in one of these cultures. Now, they may have gone from one to the other, but predominantly you may have grown up in one of these. What I would say is on the road of life, in the road of our faith walk, uh, grace is not the road, and performance, all performance is not the road. In fact, I would label those as ditches, okay? This is the tricky part of this. Both of those have a measure of truth with them. Obviously, God is a God of grace. Obviously, God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. But if we begin to take advantage of that and we fail to revere or respect or honor and understand a healthy fear of the Lord, we will veer off the road and go into the ditch of all grace. On the other side of the road is a second ditch. On the second ditch, it would be a religious spirit. It would be all performance. Is that I have to do, be perfect all the time, and if I'm not, God's going to beat me over the head. I would say that both of those are a ditch. We're called to stay on the road. And What I would present to you today is that when we understand a healthy, I want to emphasize the word healthy, a healthy fear of the Lord become guardrails on our journey, on our faith walk that keep us from going in the ditch on the left or the ditch on the right. And we need to grasp this and begin to understand and have a healthy fear of the Lord. Psalm 89 verse 7 says this. It says, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. I want, to, I want you to understand, this is not a fear that we would relate to as an abusive father. This is not uh, an abuse of God. This is not a fear that if we don't, he's gonna. If we don't, he's gonna beat us up. Why? Because if that's your viewpoint of God, you can never have intimacy with someone that you fear from an abusive standpoint. So it's a different kind of fear. It can't be an abusive type of fear because we're called to have intimacy with the Lord. I would, I would say it this way. To fear God is to be terrified of being separated from God. Okay, let me say that again. To fear God is to be utterly terrified of not God, but being separated from God. So when we have a healthy fear of the Lord, we stand in awe. We have a reverence. We have an honor. We have a respect. And we stand in awe of him and only him. And when we fear the Lord, we fear nothing else. When we fear everything else, Most of the time, it's because we're not fearing the Lord. So the fear of the Lord, let me say it another way. I I want to keep giving you more and more examples to make sure I'm communicating this in in a healthy way. The fear of the Lord is not, let me tell you what it's not, it's not a fear of what he will do to me, okay? The fear of the Lord is knowing that without him, I can do nothing, I can do nothing. This is to have a healthy fear of the Lord. Part of Michelle and I and the family, part of our uh, July break, we went uh, out of town. We actually went to another country on vacation and and we were staying in this home and this home had a safe in the closet, had a little safe with instructions on how to punch in the code, to, to have a new code. You put all your valuables in there, rings, passports, all that kind of stuff. So we had all of our valuables in the safe. And Michelle, on accident, was punching in a code to try to program it, and she pushed a button in the wrong sequence, and it locked, and she said, I don't know what the code is. I I have no idea what the code is. And so I'm thinking, okay, we can figure this out, probably just get out of sequence. I go over there, and for a long time, I'm trying to figure it out. And then I lock this thing up because it has a safety feature that if you punch the wrong code in too many times, it's locked. And now I'm freaking out because we got all of our valuables in here, our rings, our, 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 passports, our money, everything. And so I end up calling the host, the person who's hosting this home that we had rented. I'm texting him and I'm saying, Hey, we, we made a really dumb mistake. We locked the safe and we have no idea what the code is. Now i had spent a lot of time trying to figure this out and he texted me back. And he had given me this this ring of keys that had keys to all the house. And he texted me back and he said, there's a key on the ring. There's a key. So what he was saying is, hey, forget all that. Forget trying to figure it out. Forget trying to find the right code and the right formula. There's a key in the house. And if you'll just get that key, it is a key that will unlock a treasure to the things that you're trying to get to. And I'm just trying to tell you, if you're a believer today, okay, if you're a believer... What I have found, one of the most convicting times, one of the most convicting subjects that I have studied in a very long time is this subject. And if you will approach this with an open heart, what I'm trying to tell you today is the fear of the Lord is a key. If you're a believer, the key is on the ring. The key is in the house. The key is a part of who you already are. And what I want to do today and what I want to do for the next week, I may even go into a third week, I just don't know yet, I want to show you something that God has begun to unpack for me in scripture. So let me, let me, let's, let's read it one more time, okay? Isaiah 33, six. I'm gonna pound this into your head. He will be a sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Okay, so next week, I'm gonna unpack a bunch of these treasures, okay? So come back next week. I'm going to go through scripture and I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out all kinds of what I would refer to as treasures or promises that are all through scripture that are directly linked to the fear of the Lord. Okay. I'm tempted to, to tell you some of them today. I'm going to give you a hint on just a few of them. Okay. Just to entice you. Okay. So watch this. Proverbs 22:4 says the reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Okay. Humility Paired with the fear of the Lord, he says, the reward is riches, honor, and life. Okay? Watch this one in Proverbs nine ten. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So if you want to have wisdom in your business, you want to have wisdom on how to raise your kids, you want to have wisdom on how to advance your career, the Bible says the beginnings of all of that starts with the fear of the Lord. Let me show you another one. Uh, Psalm thirty-four nine says, "Oh, the fear of the Lord, it, you his oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for to, for those who fear him, there is no want." So there's a promise saying, "For for those who have a healthy fear of the Lord, a healthy reverence, a healthy respect, you will never be in want." Uh, let me show you one more. Psalm 111, 5 says, "He has given food to those who fear him. He will remember." his covenant forever. Uh, Solomon, the wisest man. The Bible says that Solomon was the wisest man to ever walk the earth. In Ecclesiastes, and he had written all of Ecclesiastes, and he sums it up. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, it says, the conclusion when all has been heard is fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. For God will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. He says, when I conclude, when I look at everything that I've I've come to look at and I scan the globe, I have discovered that we should just fear the Lord. We should just fear the Lord. So I, I pray, my goal today is not to beat you over the head. My goal today is not to shake my fist or shake my finger in any way. My only prayer today and for the next, at least one more week is to simply show you what I feel like the Lord showed me. And I'm telling you that as a pastor, this was one of the most convicting subjects that I've ever studied, okay? So I pray that it is a conviction for you. I know, I know it's weird, we, we, we you know, wanna come to church and be celebrated and lifted up, and we, we do all those things too. But church should be a place where we sense the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit does not come to beat us over the head, the Spirit comes to help us in our weakness. Okay, and he does this by revealing things to us, and that's my prayer. So what I want to do today, for the time that I have left, okay, I want to talk about two things. I'm going to take you to a totally different verse, one that I haven't read yet. Again, come back next week. We're going to look at some treasures. We're going to look at the treasures that this key will unlock. But today I want to, uh, us to learn more about the fear of the Lord. Okay? So go with me to Proverbs. If you have your Bibles, go to Proverbs. And if you have a paper Bible, flip to it. Um, the the benefit I, I'm I'm cool with you version I'm cool with just sitting there and staring at the screens. The benefit to a paper Bible sometimes is your ability to circle it and it's okay to write in your Bible. You can circle it and write little notes. I've got a Bible that I refer to all the time. I've got notes all through this Bible from the late 90s. Okay, and they'll remind you of times that you've been through. Okay, that's a separate sermon. I'm going to stop. Okay, here we go. Proverbs chapter 14. We're going to look at two verses. All right, we're going to we're going to walk out of here with two tips, okay, two things that we can learn from the fear of the Lord. The first one is found in verse 26. I'm gonna read in the Amplified Version. I love how the Amplified Version captures some of the wording. Proverbs 14, 26 says this. It says, in the reverent fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Okay, I'm gonna read that one more time. In the reverent fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence confidence. And his children will always have a place of refuge. That's such a powerful verse. The first thing I want you to write down, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Point number one, let's take this nugget home with us. Your fear of reveals your trust in. Okay? Your fear of, whatever you fear, reveals what your trust is placed in. Now, what do you mean by that, John? Okay. Let me say a couple of other, let me give you a couple of other examples. If you fear gravity, a truth, okay, that's foundational. You can pretend, you can say there's no such thing as gravity all you want to, but gravity will prove you otherwise. And even if you take off in an airplane and you defy gravity, eventually the truth of gravity will catch up with you because you can't change the truth. The truth is the truth. But if you fear gravity, you might put your trust in a handrail. If you're going down the stairs and you have a fear of falling, what that means is you're afraid that the truth called gravity could take place. And so therefore you place your trust, your stability on the handrail, right? I think we would all, all agree with that. So your fear of revealed what you have placed your trust in. Um, another example for all the moms out there that, that are putting, sending their kids out to the pool for the summer, if you fear skin cancer, you will put your trust in sunscreen, right? There's a fear, there's a, there's a what if, there's something out there that causes you to have some portion or some component of fear, which then causes you to put your trust in something to be, prevent that from happening. If you, if you fear poverty... You might put your trust in your job. Uh, If you fear poverty, you might put your trust uh, in money, right? If you fear getting fired from your job, you might put your trust in your boss. You might put your trust in in something else. All I'm trying to say is if you want to know what you're afraid of, let me see what you're putting your trust in. And the opposite works too. If I see what you put your trust in, it tells me what you're afraid of. So this this is a cycle. This is something that we can learn from. So if all of that's true, if I fear the things of this world, okay, if I fear the things of this world's kingdom more than the things of God's kingdom, then it reveals where I have placed my trust, okay? If I trust in the Lord, then I'm going to, If if I I, I have a healthy fear of the Lord, then I'm going to put my trust in the things of the Lord, in the things that scripture tells me to do. This is so uncommon. This is so uncommon. And and Christians everywhere are, are slipping into the things of this world because we fear the world more than we fear the Lord. And we must find a way to have a healthy fear of the Lord. I love what Oswald Chambers said. He said it this way. He said, when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. How do we get better as believers at understanding the Lord and having a reverent fear of the Lord? And what kind of treasures will this unlock for us? Solomon said it, he said, in the reverent fear of the Lord, this is Proverbs, the the passage we read, Proverbs 14. In the reverent fear of the Lord, there is, I wanna emphasize this word, strong confidence. It's saying that you can have confidence in the things that God is calling you to do as a person. If, if, if you have, if you have a reverent fear of the Lord, if we have put our trust in the things of the Lord, um, I'll be super vulnerable and honest with you. I was uh, writing this message and, um, actually just, just this week, like literally this week, uh, I was writing this message, working on, on this message. I, I finished some of my writing. I closed my laptop, and I go on a walk. Okay, that's kind of my, I, I like to walk. My, that's Michelle and I's thing. We go on a walk almost every night. But I like to walk by myself. I'm like, hey, babe, I'm going on a walk, but this time I'm going by myself. And she knows what that means. I got I to gotta talk. I need to have a conversation with the Lord. And so I'm on this, this walk with the Lord, and I, I begin to just pour out, let me just call it what it is, fear. Uh, with the economy, with the things happening, when, when you experience the economy, the church experiences the economy. We are completely and utterly dependent upon tithe and, and giving and offering. So when, when the economy suffers, there is a potential for the church to begin to suffer. And so I'm just pouring out my heart and pouring out to God and God, you got to take care of us and God, you got to help us and you got to protect our people and help our people to be able to get through this, this, this down time. And and the Holy Spirit convicted me instantly. He said, so let me get this straight, John. You just finished writing a sermon on the fear of the Lord, and your cute little fingers just typed in, if you're fearing the things of this world, then you're missing it. God convicted me in this moment to say, God, I fear you and you alone. I don't fear this economy. I don't fear the things of this world. I want to have a healthy, a reverent fear of the Lord. And I want to see what treasures those unpack for me in my life. Let me show you what the words of Jesus is. You think I'm just hanging out in the Old Testament? Watch what Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse four. Jesus, this is the words of Jesus. I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed you, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Even Jesus is saying, you need to fear the right things. You should fear nothing on this earth that cannot affect you after you're done on this earth. We start with a healthy fear of the Lord. Psalm 147.10 says, His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of a warrior. Verse 11, the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. He he ties the two. He says, if you fear me, it means that you put your hope in me. If you fail to fear me, it means that you fail to put your trust in me. If you fear the things of this world, what it communicates to the Lord is you are putting your trust in the things of this world more than you are putting your trust in the things of the kingdom. We have to understand the fear of the Lord and talk about this more. He's saying, he's saying is, it's, it's a weird analogy because he's talking about horses and warriors' legs. I don't know if these are hairy legs, what kind of legs these were. It's kind of a weird analogy. But he says, the Lord does not take delight in the horses that pull the chariots or the horses in battle. He does not take delight in the legs of the warrior. He, he delights in the fear of the Lord. You know what that means? It means that he doesn't take delight in your ability. He doesn't take delight in the strength of what you can do on your own. He takes delight whenever we trust the Lord by fearing him. This word delight, real quick, let me show you the word delight in Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word rotsah, and it means to be pleased with. Check this one out. To be favorable to, to be satisfied. So let's put that in the sentence. The Lord is favorable to those who fear him who put their trust and their hope in him. Then this random sentence pops up and it says, and his children will always have a place of refuge. You're like what? What, what? what are you talking about? One minute we're talking about the fear of the Lord. And then it's like the, 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 the Solomon in Proverbs just throws in this random sentence. And, and his children, it, it, it kind of takes this connection to children. And I believe it's talking about us as, as God's children. But I also think it's talking about our children because fear is contagious. Fear is contagious. If you don't believe me, ask my wife and my kids. My wife is terrified of spiders, and both my kids are terrified of spiders. Why? Because fear is contagious. What our kids see us fearing, they will fear. The same is true with the fear of the Lord. Our kids need to see us modeling a healthy fear of the Lord a healthy reverence, making church a priority, making the things of God's kingdom a priority. This is uncommon in our world today. So whatever you build, your children will live under. So we're building a healthy fear of the Lord so that our kids will see that healthy fear modeled and and, and model it for themselves as well and their kids, all right? Okay, the second verse, we're almost done here. The second verse, So we looked at verse 26. Let's look look at verse 27, Proverbs 14, 27. It says, the reverent fear of the Lord that leads to obedience and worship. I'm gonna read that one more time. The reverent fear of the Lord that leads to obedience and worship is a fountain of life. And then it says, so that no one may avoid the snares of death or so that one, not no one, so that, the, so that one may avoid the snares of death, okay? So point number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. The fear of the Lord disarms the enemy's snare. The fear of the Lord disarms the enemy's snare. The church has become so riddled with moral failures that it's hard to distinguish our camp from the enemy's camp. It's hard to distinguish the kingdom of God from the kingdom of this world. We have become common. There is something about the fear of the Lord that disarms the enemy's snare, that keeps us from slipping into sin. We're not perfect and we're thankful that we got a God that's full of grace that when we mess up, and by the way, you will mess up and grace covers a multitude of sin, but it does not mean that we shouldn't have a reverent fear of being separated from the Lord. Um, We've become too common. We've become too common. We've swerved off the road in many ways and we've landed in the ditch of grace But we can never, ever, ever forget that God is a holy God. And the scriptures, and Paul calls us to be holy children, that we're called to live a life of holiness. Psalm 119, let me show you this. Psalm 119 says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Is it possible that we've lost the fear of the Lord? And we fear the things of man more than we fear God. This word snare, okay, let me show you this word snare in the Hebrew. It's the Hebrew word, mokesh, and it means bait, lure, hook, or noose for catching animals. It's saying that the enemy, and we know this about the enemy, right? He prowls around like a lion seeking whom he may devour, but he's throwing out bait and lures for us to get caught in. And the world that we live in says that these baits and lures are commonplace and you should just indulge yourself. And it's, it's been twisted to become common, but guys, we are called to live an uncommon life. We're called to live an uncommon life in an uncommon kingdom. And we have to fear the right things. Uh, if you fear the loss of your job, uh, more than the loss of your purity uh, if, you feel, if you fear the loss of money more than you fear integrity, right? I know this is, this is strong, okay? Y'all hang with me. I know it's quiet up in here, all right? Hang with me. Um, we desire happiness more than we do holiness. We like comfort. And notice I'm using the word we, okay? I'm not saying you, I am saying we. We like comfort. We like convenience, and the enemy sets a trap and ensnares believers in this trap. There's something about the fear of the Lord that says, I want to do nothing that would ever separate me from the love of God. Joseph uh, models this so well. Joseph, I believe, modeled this really well. Uh, as we know, he went to serve. You know, you, Most of you know the story well. He is sold into slavery. He ends up serving in Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife pursues him and um, tries to rip his clothes off of him. Joseph was a handsome man, apparently. And I love what, what Joseph did in response. The, the enemy set a trap, set a snare, and I want you to watch how the fear of the Lord allowed Joseph to escape the snare of sin. J- uh, Genesis 39.9 says, this is jo- just as Joseph talking to Potiphar's wife, he says, How then could I do this great evil? and sin against God. How could I do this? How could I do this great sin? Now this word sin in Hebrew is the Hebrew word chata and it means to miss the mark. That's all it means. I don't want to miss the mark. There is a mark set out for us and I'm so thankful that when we miss the mark and you will miss the mark and I will miss the mark and every time we miss it, God is a God of grace and he's there to redeem us and restore us but it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be something in us that has a reverent, holy fear of the Lord, that I don't want to do anything that could separate me. Because we know that sin separates us from the Father. It gives us two distinctives. I want to read this verse again. The fear of the Lord helped him avoid this snare. What does the fear of the Lord look like? This is the last thing we'll talk about. How do we know when we are encountering someone who has a fear of the Lord? Okay? Okay. So maybe you're single, okay? If you're single, raise your hand. Now look around. You know, maybe there's somebody, who knows? Maybe, maybe there's somebody out there. So if you're single and you're, you're looking for a spouse, you're looking for some a, 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 a future wife or, or husband, maybe you're looking for a business partner. Maybe you're just looking for a friend. How do we know that we're syncing up and becoming equally yoked with people who fear the Lord? Well, this verse gives us two really clear uh, 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 distinctives. Proverbs fourteen let's read it again. It says the reverent fear of the Lord that leads to two things, obedience and worship. Obedience and worship. Those two things, the fear of the Lord, what does it produce? A fountain of life. So one thing you'll see is a fountain of life. You'll see a person that has an abundance of life coming out of them. It's the fruits of the Spirit. It's the thing that's coming out of them, and it's bubbling up within them. But it manifests itself in two ways, obedience and worship. Let's quickly look at these. The first one is obedience. Obedience. So you could really boil down the life of a believer uh, in three really easy words. Hear, believe, obey. This is one of the things that Gateway Church says all the time, and I love it. Pastor Robert says it. Hear God, believe what God is saying, and obey what God is saying. And you may say, well, I just don't hear God the way that you hear God. Or I, I hear people say that God said this, and I said this, and then I don't, I don't hear God. I would gladly obey God if I could just hear him. Well, I would, I would encourage you to open up this Bible, because everything in the Bible is God speaking to you. So are the people in your life that are around you, or you, a healthy fear of the Lord is reading the scriptures, having a fear of the Lord in the scriptures, that this is truth, this is foundational. I have a holy and reverent fear of the Lord, so I will obey what the truth says, okay? Secondly is worship, worship. If you're single, ladies, if you're single, find a man who will worship, Find a man who understands that he's far more powerful on his knees. Find a man who understands that the the way they worship reveals their true character. When we have a fear of the Lord, if you look all through scriptures, anytime anyone encountered an angelic being or the Lord or or from from Moses uh, to to, to Gideon uh, to to Elijah, to everybody who ever encountered any sort of, 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 of reverent moment where the Lord showed up, the first thing you will see them do is they fall flat on their face. They fall flat on their face. Why? Because they have a healthy fear of the Lord. They understand that I am standing in front of something more powerful, more prestigious, more holy, and I must exalt them above. Anything that we exalt above ourselves, we have a healthy fear of. So we need to find people. We need to be people, but we also need to find people who have a reverent fear of the lord identifying those people by in two ways are they obedient to what the truth says about what the scripture says and are they quick to worship are they quick to serve are they quick to make life about others not themselves i i pray that this subject has stirred you i really do i i almost pray in a really healthy way that i've made you a little bit uncomfortable I pray that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and you don't even know exactly what you're going to do with this message yet, but you're leaning into this saying, Lord, is there a component to this? If there's a key that unlocks a treasure to something in this world that I have yet to experience that I, I want this key, I don't even have an action step today. I don't have an altar call. I don't have a response. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. What I want you to do is I want you to just soak in this word and I want you to meditate on this word all week. I want you to open up your Bible and do your own study on the fear of the Lord. You will find it everywhere. In every book of the Bible, you will see some form of a reverent fear of what the Lord is doing. I pray that the Lord will speak to you. I pray that this word has encouraged you, not beat you up. I love what the verse I read last week about Paul. When he was encouraging Timothy, this was my goal today from 2 Timothy 4. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Listen to this. This is Paul saying this 2,000 years ago. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject truth and chase myths. That's not us. That's not us. We have a fear of the Lord. We know what truth is. We know what the Lord is saying to us. And we're going to lean into this. And I'm going to pray, and we're going to close. I'm going to pray that the Lord will begin to reveal to us the areas of our life where we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. Come back next week, all right? We're going to continue this talk. We're going to learn more about God, what God wants us to do in this uncommon kingdom. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this word. God, we thank you that you are a grace-filled God. We thank you that you sent your son to die for us so that we can walk boldly into your throne room. But God, we also walk in with our heads bowed. We also walk in on our knees, God. We can't even walk in your presence, Father. You are high, lifted up. You are exalted above all. So God, would you breathe on us this morning? God, teach us to fear you in a healthy way. God, speak to us all this week. God, everywhere we look, may we see this coming to light in our life. Every scripture we read, God, reveal to us today through worship songs, through other sermons, through scriptures, how to have a healthy fear of the Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, We are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.